And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Okay, let's get this show on the road, gang. These freaks are dedicated, hard-working people. I'm Batman. Whosoever holds this hammer, if he be worthy, shall possess the power of thought. This looks like a job for Superman. Gentlemen, you're up. And now, Michael Bailey, Scott Gardner, and Chris Honeywell. Hello and welcome to Comics Monthly Monday number 66. I am Chris Honeywell and I am here with Michael Bailey. Hello. And Scott Gardner. How are you? And God almighty, we got a jam-packed episode this month. So we're going to just blast right into it. We're not even going to talk about nerd food and all the delicious stuff we like to eat or any of that stuff. Talk about food. Food. Don't talk about food. Um, <laughs> Somebody's hungry. I'm starving. In addition to all the spectacular features that you've come to know and love on Comics Monthly Monday, this month we have this freakish thing. Mail. Mail in the sack. Zip, zip, <laughs> zip code. Zip, zip, zip code. Zip code. Nothing get it faster. And you know if we are anything... If we are anything, we are efficient and prompt in our email replies. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's a good one. Oh, I see you, you guys. As long as, as you, you guys, hear efficient as not efficient. You guys are supposed to have mute on when you, when you laugh hysterically <laughs> over that bullshit that I'm slathering out. This is the episode for what? November, right? Right. This is email yeah. for like April and stuff. Like yeah. Well, not, <laughs> 1999. Not quite, <laughs> not quite that bad. But uh, yeah, this first one is from August <laughs> Hi, 25th, my name's so. Bob. I live up in the World Trade Center. <laughs> oh, I've been listening to your podcast. Jesus. Too soon. <laughs> All right. This first one is entitled... Two True Freaks, episode 447, month, uh, Comics Monthly Monday, number 64. So I guess it's okay, not, not too far that back. far back. All right. Uh, this one is from Russell Bragg, and he says, Hey, guys. He says, Great show as always. I think comic books are uh, something we all gloat about, whether it's a gift, a lucky find, or a purposeful uh, effort. He says, Like Scott said, uh, said he was doing, I have been trying to get complete runs of certain titles. So, uh, so far, I have completed the Superman family, the daring adventures of Supergirl, 
which turned into Supergirl, Superboy the comic, which turned into The Adventures of Superboy, The Savage She-Hulk, Four Star Spectacular, which were giants, and The New Adventures of Superboy. I am closing in on finishing DC Comics Presents for obvious reasons, Secret Origins, Volume 3 from 1986, All-Star Squadron, and Infinity Incorporated. Says it's funny how comic collecting is. You love them to death as kids, you fall away in high school and college, and then you uh, pick up collecting again when you get married. Or <laughs> give it up altogether. <laughs> this is at least uh, that's how it happened with me. The only thing missing on this show was getting Chris to read a comic. Ooh, did we not do it for that episode? Yeah, we, we didn't do it have. that month. Aww. This is, uh, maybe he'll do two next time. Oh, well, better end or for now. Maybe not. <laughs> From Russell Bragg in Clarksburg, West Virginia. He is yeah. the host of the DC Comics Howdy, Presents show. <laughs> See, I don't think of somebody Almost down heaven. south that I think of Russell. I think of the, the, the Cosby kids. <laughs> Cosby's little brother. <laughs> Russell and Mouth. And <laughs> no class is older, older than the sea. Sorry. Uh... Wow. It's just like having Bill Robinson with us. Yeah, but uh, no, I want to congratulate uh, Russell on finding a complete run of Superman family because if it was anything like my attempt to do that, it took years and it was like not easy uh, mm-hmm. to track down the entire run of that book because some of those early issues and some of those later issues yep. are really freaking hard to find. Yep. I had the same exact, uh, I had the same exact issue where, just like you said, the early stuff and the late stuff, the stuff right in the middle, not so hard to find, but yeah, I don't know what the deal was with that. I, I still have, I'm nowhere near a complete set on mine, but I pretty much got the ones I wanted because a lot of the early ones in that series, uh, still kind of had the stank of the books that they, that they were all pulled from in, in, <laughs> in the first place, you know, Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane and all that before... You know, some of the better features came along. All yeah, right, blowing right through these. I recently these. Uh, hmm? started the, the evil road of collecting Batman family, so. Well, there's not <sighs> so many of those, though. What is there? Only like 18, I think. Yeah, they're like just that? expensive. I mean, they're just really freaking expensive. Somehow or other, I have lucked into a, a pretty good run of those. I have nowhere near all of them, but I've got, again, I think I've got all the ones that I want, except I really need a number one because it has a very, uh, I was going to say very rare. What I mean is that I think he only did two stories, I think, ever. Um, Mike Grell on Robin. Mm. And it's a, a Mike Grell Robin story in there that I'd really like to own because uh, I, I love the other story with, uh, you know, that he did with Robin. But anyway, yeah, I've been chasing that one on the cheap for years and still haven't found it yet. But one of these days, hopefully I'll come across it for, you know, a buck or something. But that's the thing with those kind of books is I, I'm not willing, you know, to spend that much on them because typically it's, you know, they're they're anthologies, so it's usually like one or two really good stories, and the rest of it's you know crap. <laughs> it just depends, though. Those ones that we covered way back when, um, what was that? It was for Tales, I think. We we covered some uh, Earth yeah, Two stories, to, to, Huntress, to cover, and stuff. Uh, Huntress. Yeah, yeah. Those were those were not bad. I enjoyed yeah, those. Yeah, those are those are really good. Except I think the Don Heck art bothered us. But yeah, well, it's fun to pick on him anyway. <laughs> 
All right, so the next one here says, subject for a show, probably Comics Monthly Monday. And this one is from Brian Hughes. He says, hey, guys. He says, I was sitting around uh, uh, one day after seeing Guardians of the Galaxy, and my wife started asking me about the Celestials. I gave her the quick and dirty rundown and all. He says, uh, I then realized I have never really read any books with, uh, with them in it, uh, with the exception of one special series, the official handbook of the Marvel Universe. I had gotten every issue of the first and second series of these when they came out. I read each character uh, right up. I read each character right up, and soon had what my friends called an encyclopedic knowledge of the Marvel universe. I used them as reference for my role-playing game, which was an amalgam of all the comic book worlds that I had paid attention to, so the characters in my game could interact with Spider-Man, Superman, John Sable, etc. Ooh, that sounds really cool. Says I also used the who's who of the DC universe, though the info in it was not as complete. What I loved is how the Ohatmu would provide strength levels and other stats on the characters. What I also loved is how they tried as hard as they could to use John Byrne's artwork in as many profiles as possible. And I really loved the book, uh, Books of the Dead they put out. I especially loved how they would show the death of most uh, characters as they occurred in the books. What do you think? Could this make a show? Your fans want to know. Keep recording them. I'll keep listening. And again, that's from uh, Brian Hughes. Well, I'm not sure what uh, what the subject is that you want us to cover here, Brian. Are you talking making a show out of the Celestials or just making a show out of the Ahatmus or out of uh, Who's Who or Book of the Dead? Well, yeah. to be fair, uh, I would say Who's Who would probably be one we wouldn't want to touch because Shag right. and Rob are doing such a great job uh, with their show at this point. So, yeah. But, uh, you know, the Ohamus might not be a bad idea. That could be an interesting uh, interesting to- uh, topic to cover sometime, as well as the Celestials. on the too. newcomer. <laughs> But yeah, I uh, I collected those when they came out as well, and also uh, you know read the all the articles in them. Some of the stuff actually stuck a little bit too. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I don't know. that'd be an interesting topic for a for a show sometime. Absolutely. Maybe uh like pick a pick a volume. Maybe that'd be a good get Chris to read segment Ooh. or something. Like pick a volume and then like find like the, <laughs> the lamest entries. But see, the thing that was great about both Who's Who and Ohatmu is sometimes you'd read these these write-ups on the characters and it'd make them sound like fascinating characters. <laughs> and then you and then, read the uh, the actual adventures and it's just like, this right. is not my beautiful house. This is not right. my beautiful wife. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, but I mean, the you know, credit to the writers, whoever they were. I know Roger Stern did a whole bunch of them, but, you know, whoever the writers were, I mean, they could make characters like Big Sur actually sound plausible and interesting. And then you go and find the issue and you find that it's, you know, drawn by Carmen Infantino on a very bad day and, you know, just top to bottom flat stupid, (laughs) you know, but they, they made them, you know, sound really good sometimes. All right. Next one here is from our good friend, Jonathan Kreitz, and he writes catching up. He says, so a while back, I decided to delete my Facebook app from my iPhone It was just too much of a time suck. So for feedback and interaction, I am going to begin more regularly emailing the various TTF programs I listen to. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that. Since I've been in a real progressive trade reading, or excuse me, aggressive rather, real aggressive trade reading mood recently, and the books that I've been reading 
that fit the Comics Monthly Monday as opposed to Back to the Bins over has been uh, Jonathan Hickman's Marvel work, specifically S.H.I.E.L.D. and Fantastic Four. Have you all read this? It says, I read his Secret Warrior stuff at some point in the last year or two, and while it was good, it was, has nothing on his FF run. His combination of big ideas with powerful emotional moments sets this story on its own to me. I honestly haven't read much FF outside of this, but what he does here is so good. It is a literal page-turner. If I had one complaint, it is that uh, some of the art is a little off, specifically the way they draw some of the uh, kids. I have read the Dark Rain Fantastic Four trade as well uh, as the first four trades of Fantastic Four. Uh, I am about to start in on the first trade of FF, as in uh, Future Foundation. If you are looking for a good read from recent Marvel and you haven't tried Hickman's FF, I definitely recommend it. I have not read it, actually. I've, uh, I've heard very mixed things about that, but I'd be curious to check it out. I haven't read it. Have you read any of it? I haven't read any Fantastic Four since the John Byrne run. <laughs> yeah. Mike? I, I honestly have not, like... I've read like a little bit of Spider-Man here and there, but really and truly, I've kind of just largely walked away from Marvel uh, comic book wise. Mm -hmm. And it's not because I don't think it's going to be good. I just find a lot of it to be kind of impenetrable at this point. Right. uh, With the constant restarts and stuff. And it's just like, it's one of those things where I'm glad there's an audience for it. If it gets them readers, I'm all for it uh, again as well. But to me, it's just like, yeah, I've got enough of my old comics to read that I don't really want to invest the time into these new ones. Yeah. See, I could be wrong, but I think Jonathan Hickman's run on FF was the one that was recently recommended to me as uh, as being, you know, they were going right along with all the Marvel Cosmic stuff that spun out of Annihilation and Annihilation Conquest, and there was some really great cosmic stuff going on that all kind of came to a screeching halt right around the time that they introduced Marvel Now. And Marvel Now went forward, and there's really just a little bit of that stuff that continues. You know, you have Guardians of the Galaxy, which is very, very different from how it was before Marvel Now. And you've got Nova, and you've got a little bit here and there. But somebody was telling me, or maybe it was something I was reading somewhere, I forget, but that uh, Jonathan Hickman stuff... Uh, actually acts like sort of a bridge, I guess, and picks up storylines or elements or some shit. I don't know. So I've been curious to maybe check it out to see if any of that's true. But uh, I'm with you. I mean, I've really, lately, I've really been concentrating much more heavily on just kind of finding my joy with comics again. And it it really just comes from the back issue stuff. Strangely enough, uh, the the thing I'm going to kick on right now is Fantastic Four. I'm reading Marv Wolfman's run on Fantastic Four, which ran a couple years from like roughly from like 190 to 215 or something like that. And I got sucked into it because I just read through uh, the original Nova series, which was uh, 25 issues. And I got to issue 25 and something I I saw somewhere said uh, that it was basically the, the story. If you wanted kind of the big picture on the story, to read Marv Wolfman's Fantastic Four run because the the two stories kind of come together in Nova Nova number 25 and there was like two concurrent stories that there's not really a crossover per se but they just kind of converge at that point so I thought eh what the hell I'll go and I'll I'll read 
uh, FF. And while I found the Nova stuff a bit of a slog, the FF stuff is great. It's really good. And I'm surprised I've, I've never really... Uh, you know, I'd never read it before, but I've never really even heard good things about it before. And I'm finding it to be really, really good stuff. So I'm glad that I, I'm making the time to, to read that. So if nothing else, Jonathan, I, I recommend that to you, the uh, Marv Wolfman and uh, Fantastic Four stuff. Well, he should he should send me send me an um, issue number for a Get Chris to read a goddamn superhero comic. I'll read one. Yeah. I'll tell you what, uh, I was thinking about bringing one to Back to the Bins, but I like your idea better. Uh, here, here it is right here. Write this down. Fantastic Four 197. And I can send it to you if you need a copy. Is that, um... I read it today and I thought it kicked ass. Oh, no, I was talking you know... about, like, the Hickman that, oh, okay, that I uh, Jonathan was talking about. Not you. Oh, all right. I'm talking to... I'll, I'll, I'll do that one, too, but I don't want to hurt <laughs> your feelings or anything. But I was, I was talking to the email, man. <laughs> uh, he concludes here he says now about S.H.I.E.L.D. he says I don't know what to expect from this book and it definitely does not come just uh, right out and say what uh, wait a minute I read that again I didn't know what to expect from this book and it definitely does not just come right out and say what the story is at first but as you read the bits and pieces of the plot begin to emerge and you can see where it starts to tie into his FF work and maybe even the greater Marvel Universe beyond that. I have only read the first trade. I think there are two. And he asked with a question mark. I, I have no idea. And he says, but it's a nice addition to his FF story, if not mandatory for it. See, I didn't even know there was a S.H.I.E.L.D. book going on right now or, or recently or whenever this, this came out. It almost have to be. They would be fools not to have one with yeah, that's a true. TV show. Yeah, with a TV show. Uh, so anyway, uh, glad to hear Comics Monthly Monday is back to its regular schedule. Oh, were we ever off our regular schedule? I know we took a little time off for Conjure, but I think anyway, did, just, I think we did, didn't we? We did some weirdo epi- like like uh, well, we had um, Apes Month and uh, okay, like that. That, maybe that's what he's talking about. Okay, just look for uh, more emails from me on other shows. Well, good, and thank you, Jonathan. I appreciate that. On the subject of Conjure Month, got a quick one here from Kyle Benning. It just says Conjure Month. He says, I really dug all four episodes of Conjure Month. Whether you guys were on panels talking about Star Wars, comics, podcasting, and Star Trek, or just shooting the shit at KFC Uh, and swearing at the GPS. (laughs) It was a blast to listen to and absolutely hilarious. I really enjoyed all four episodes and hope you guys revisit this format again and record other con panels in the future. Absolutely, you can bet on it. It says, I can't wait for the new Star Wars podcast. And that's from Kyle Ben. And Kyle, write in and let us know how you are enjoying growing up Star Wars because we are really enjoying uh, recording that show. Uh, I got one here. This is from another one from Russell Bragg. He says, Hi, guys. Says, just wanted to drop a line to tell you how much I enjoyed the Conjure Month episodes. I didn't really think I would, since I usually have trouble listening to con episodes because of crowd noise and such. I was thoroughly, uh, thoroughly surprised how much I enjoyed each episode. I'm not a serious Star Wars or Star Trek fan, but those were both fun listens. I think I enjoyed your car ride most of all. It always me do. Up when Scott was arguing with the GPS and she <laughs> talked back. To that me. came up in the latest long play episode too. When I was we recorded it in the car with Mike Cross and he swore and he's like, "Oh, should I swear?" And I'm like, "Oh my God, Scott was just swearing at Siri on a podcast not too long ago." <laughs> Did you listen to those? I haven't I, listened I to all of them, but I've listened to most of it. 
so far. See, I almost I'm cut s- that stuff out, and then I, I was listening it's to it too, while I was editing. No, that's, that's the meat and potatoes, my friend. Because, well, there was one where, where we were talking, like, the whole, the whole car ride and everything, and I was going to cut it off at a certain point, and just as I'm about to make the clip, uh, you know, the... the, the you know, while I was playing the thing, it just continued playing past the point where I was like making the mark to do the clip, and I, I heard myself say to Siri, "You know, you are one dumb bitch." And there's a little pause, and she goes, "I am." <laughs> I was just like, "Okay, that's funny. I'm leaving that." It's gotta in, stay. So, yeah, yeah it, became, it just became a running gag through the whole thing after <laughs> that. But uh, anyway, he says uh, it was a fun series, and. Uh, and wanted you to know, he says, will you be doing this again next year? Well, it depends on if there is a conjure next year, I guess. But uh, yeah, I mean, anytime there's there's cons in the area that we can make it, absolutely. This is better close for now. Thanks again for keeping me entertained at work. And again, that's from Russell Bragg in Clarksburg, West Virginia. Bonus points and, for listening at work. And he is the host of the DC Comics Presents show. All right, one last one, and this is mighty current right here because this is from last episode. This is feedback on episode 457, Comics Monthly Monday, number 65, from Jason Sandberg. And he writes, gentlemen, towards the end of the show, uh, the topic of kids' cartoon shows came up. Scott voiced misgivings about the quality of all ages animated TV uh, offered nowadays. Now, he was the most diplomatic response that I got to what I said because most people really took me to task for saying that all there, kids' cartoons these days are shit. There's kind of a bonanza in animation, <laughs> child children's animation these days. Yeah, but no, he 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 was the most diplomatic. Most of them really. I, I got some people really gave me some crap about it on Facebook, but good naturedly. Thankfully. How many times was Adventure Time brought up? Oh God, yes, yeah. Well, yeah. my kids watch it. Which is terrible because the regular show is such a superior cartoon. I think that one got brought Adventure up too. Time. I think. Uh, he says, uh, I want to concur with Michael that the Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, is outstanding. He says it ran from 2010 to 2012, and it's the closest Marvel has come to reaching the bar set by Bruce Tim. It holds up under multiple viewings, and I have uh, and I enjoy having it on in the background while working in the studio. This is another recommendation: is Ben 10 Alien Force and Ben 10 Ultimate Alien. Hold on, don't laugh. Let me elaborate. The series was created by comic book writers Joe Casey and Joe Kelly, and mm-hmm. some episodes are scripted by Peter David and the late Dwayne McDuffie. And showing... me. Hmm, I did not know this. I know that the animation style is very Bruce Tim, and that that I liked. I've actually seen some episodes of that. I didn't get sucked into it, but I did enjoy what I saw of it. I My have a feeling if I was a little time. kid, I would have eaten that with a spoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says the show employs season-long story arcs and charming one-shot episodes, and for me, evokes the feel of Lee Kirby Fantastic Four. Uh, if you try it out, please watch three to four consecutive episodes to catch the rhythms rhythms of the show before forming an opinion. Have a great weekend, and that's from again from Jason Sandberg. Thank you very much, Jason. You know, I would. Uh, How do you know it was almost a weekend? <laughs> I would make the same recommendation uh, on watching consecutive episodes to kind of get the rhythm and hopefully get sucked in for a show that I still feel like enough, you know, not enough, uh, fanboys are watching and they really ought to be, which is, uh, Marvel's agents of shield. 
once I finally made the time for that show, I have been completely sucked into that show. I think it's great. I, I've really been digging it. Are you, either of you guys watching that one? I've only watched the first episode and I really enjoyed it and I just haven't had time to to keep going, but I plan on it. It's good shit. I, I, I really liked the first episode. I was like, all right, they're they're putting a lot of style into it. They have a, and they have a limited budget, which a lot of times is for on television. I'm kind of okay with that. Mm-hmm. It means they have to be inventive and and they seem to be doing that. They had a lot of nice camera angles. So mm-hmm. I'm yeah, and I'll get to binge it someday. That's that's the upside of it. That's what I did between the the season breaks. I been wa- binge watched the first season and uh, and got sucked right into it. Cool. Well, that's it for uh, for feedback. So what's uh, what's new for you guys in the weir- in the world of comic books? Uh, you go, Chris. I have a weird one Uh-oh. this month. <laughs> that's that's what she imagine that. <laughs> I got a big stack <laughs> of comics, but I'm not gonna really talk about them too much because I haven't had a chance to go through them yet. But it's another one of those twenty dollar bonanzas that you're <gasps> Go gonna hate. Go through them. Yeah, there's some there's some some more sort of Silver Age stuff in there. Whole stack of burn Fantastic Four. Ooh, there you go. But uh, it has uh, it has not been gone through enough yet. So I, what what I'd like to talk about is my latest obsession is getting photo novels. I love them photo novels. I guess they're almost comics. They're sort of like somewhere between comics, books, and movies. And fumetis. And fumetis. They, I mean, they pretty much are fumetis so in, in, in a way. But um, I have just been obsessed with it. Um, Mark Kambach, a listener, that if you listen to our shows, probably all our shows, you've probably heard his name. And he's a fellow garage sailor. And he, he sort of re-sparked it by sending me... I'm trying to think of what the second one... The first one he sent me was awesome. It was uh, Love at First Bite <laughs> photo novel. Yeah, yeah, the Love at First Bite photo novel. I didn't even know it existed. It was It's awesome. Oh, and he sent me a Frankenstein photo novel a few years ago, and I was all excited about that. It's a bit... But it was a big, you know, um, coffee table book. Mm-hmm of the original Frankenstein and uh, they used to have them in our elementary school so and and I've been picking them up over the year I got most of the Star Trek ones but what I need help with is I cannot find a list a complete list of photo novels or like a photo novels collector site or anything to find out you know what I need to get because I've got a lot of them. And so the first thing, you know, you find is like Wikipedia. So I go there for a list and there's there's a partial list. So I'm looking at it and I know it's not complete because there's a lot of them that I have that aren't on there at all. And uh, a lot that I have that, that aren't on there at all. So I know that's incomplete. And then there's a, a name that sort of comes up in almost all of them. And that's uh, Richard Annabile or An- Annobile. Um, and he's the one who would put them together and he was sort of, he did a lot of, you know, movie books, movie sort of scrapbook books and history books. And he started doing, it appears to be like the Frankenstein movies, some Marx Brothers movies and stuff. 
and then began doing just movies that came out. And, um... Uh, so I was trying to find a list of everything he's done, and I could barely find... I could find sites that tell who he was, but... I, I could find bibliographies. They would have, like, four or five books. The same four or five books. So they are probably all just getting them from Wikipedia. So if anybody knows anywhere where there's a list of photo novels or where I would go, I... I, I you know, Chris... What you might want to do is start like a small little blog. Yeah. List what you have. Yeah. Because people will find you and will help you fill that whole yeah. uh, that that list out. Well, I, I I made a little list of the stuff that I don't have. You, oh, another recent one that I got that this is what I wanted to mention to you, Mike Bailey. You might enjoy this. I never knew it existed. I got it re I got it for like a dollar fifty or something sickly ridiculous like that on eBay late night Rocky Horror Picture Show oh nice that's gotta be awesome it is it's very nicely done Richard Annabile too um and I put it right beside oh and the other one I got recently in the same large format was Outland with Sean Connery (laughs) Which goes right next to, and I've, so now I've got, like, I've gotten most of my holy, those big ones were my holy grail. It was, like, Alien, Popeye. Um, was there ever one for Zardoz? No, I wish. Oh, my God. Z- Zardoz so... or Saturn, was it Saturn 3 that had Farrah naked in it? It did have Farrah naked in it. I That'd be a know. good one well, to here's, have, here's, here's my list that I've compiled of ones that I don't have that I found online. And it's bizarre. Bizarre. Americathon, starring John Ritter. <laughs> the Blair Witch Project, which oh, has got to be the ugly... It has to be the ugliest photo novel you would ever see, I imagine. Um, Buck Rogers, from the TV show. Oh. Can't Stop the Music, starring the Village People. And Bruce Jenner. Mm-hmm. The Champ, starring Ricky Schroeder. Or Rick Schroeder, as he likes to be called these days. Charlie's Angels, the 2000 version. Grease, Hair, Heaven Can Wait, <laughs> Ice Castles, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which is one I used to see a lot as a kid, Lord of the Rings, the, the animated version, Nashville by Robert Altman, Revenge of the Pink Panther, um, Battlestar Galactica, which I'm currently watching on eBay, Doctor Who, which may not actually exist. The Bill Bixby Incredible Hulk, Mork and Mindy, oh, yes. Star Blazers, The Maltese Falcon, the original um, Bella Lugosi Dracula, um, Rocky Two, with with a short version of Rocky One at the beginning of it, Best of Laurel and Hardy, uh, Mark's Brothers Scrapbook, Hooray for Captain Spaulding, and they all have like either skits or. Um, whole movies of the Marx Brothers in them. Um, a W.C. Fields one. There's one for Psycho. There's another movie called Ninachka, which is a foreign film. And then there's three Star Trek ones that I don't have. Galileo 7, Day of the Dove, and The Deadly Years. Three of the lamer photo novels, so I'm not really in a big hurry. to. I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting to find those real cheap. I'll find those real cheap one day. So I'm in no hurry to, to find those. But and I've probably got like 20 
various ones but i've got a lot a lot of mine are like really common like close encounters of the third kind and uh i got all six star wars movies which are horrible they're just a bad photoshop job richard annabelle i don't think had anything to do with those it was probably some photoshopping intern at, at lucasfilm but uh I, I have to have them all and and there aren't like there's a few that I'm just dying to find out what they you know I'm curious about the Blair Witch Project what a bizarre movie to make but Revenge of the Pink Panther that's got to be pretty fun yeah um the incredible the Bill Bixby Incredible Hulk I would that one must be a, a riot I wonder what episode it is I bet you it's, it's the, like the I bet pilot. it's the premiere episode you know I bet it's the yeah, opening that or Mary. movie. Which one? Married. Yeah, it might be. The season two opener. That's yeah. Uh, that's a pretty big one. That one, or what was the second movie? The one with the with the girl that thought Death she was the, crippled. Death in the family. Yeah, that was a good one too. Yeah. Where you had to call in to see if she was gonna. No, wait, that was uh, <laughs> PC thing. Sorry. Killer. But I'm sure Mork and Mindy is uh is a uh, pretty uh. Americathon would be. I remember seeing Americathon in Book World in Watertown. What's his name? Uh, Warren Beatty was in Americathon. What the hell movie am I thinking of? You're thinking Heaven Can Wait. No. He was thinking something with. No, I'm thinking something with Thon in it. Oh. I thought it was Americathon. I guess it must be something else. Oh. Hmm. And there's some that I really, you know, uh, I I might get as a complete as like Ice Castles. And uh, um, hmm. the Lord of the Rings one would be actually really cool. Is that the Bashki? Yeah. Hmm. It would probably be more fun than the movie, actually. <laughs> but um, what do you got, Mike? Yeah, that's all for me. Well, uh, as I seem to be one of the few people walking around planet Earth that actually didn't, you know, hate my high school experience. <laughs> uh, I was. Uh, I, I, last month, I went to my 20-year high school reunion, uh, which, you know, what does that have to do with comics? Well, not a lot, but I, I can make it work. Uh, I, I really can. And while I was, uh, I grew up, for those of you who haven't listened to my other shows, uh, I grew up in Pennsylvania uh, in the Allentown area. Uh, future home of Pete Hesh, I might add. Yeah, where, they, uh, where, they, where they've taken all the coal <laughs> from the ground. Yes, uh, even all though it's down. Even though that's more about Bethlehem in the beginning, but never mind. That, that that's not the point. Uh, down in Bethlehem, they're killing time, <laughs> filling out forms and standing, standing in line. line. Well, you know, our fathers did uh, <laughs> fight the Second World War, and they spent their weekends at the Jersey Shore. Uh, no, uh, I actually went uh, back to the first comic shop I ever went to, which is still open. Uh, I, I believe it opened up in 1905, still open to this day. So that's uh, that's pretty damn impressive, in my opinion. Uh, so uh, Beachhead Comics on Chew Street in Allentown. Well, we're living here in Allentown. Spoke to the owner, same owner, Jeff, uh, who is actually... Uh, it was really weird. Uh, about a year or so ago, he was on an episode of Comic Book Men, the Kevin Smith show, and it was 
still seeing the guy that managed the first comic shop I ever went to on TV. Uh, and he told me all about that experience. Uh, and basically every theory I've ever had about that Brian guy, Brian Johnson on that show was, uh-huh. uh, was confirmed. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but it was cool. I mean, the, the shop really hasn't changed all that much over the years. It still has that, you know, wooden structures, old comic book smell. So that was kind of cool. Also went by a place called comic masters, which, uh, is now basically just kind of a strip mall. But, uh, before I moved, it was, <sighs> you had like, you had the Lehigh Valley Mall right next to it, and that was the modern mall. And then you had the Whitehall Mall that was kind of stuck in the 50s. Scott, was it, the Levi, Lehigh Valley Mall where we went with your Aunt Joanne? That sounds so familiar. That does sound really familiar, yeah. It, so, it might be. I, I don't know. It does sound really familiar, though. Right before Georgia, uh, uh, this comic shop called Comic Masters opened up. It's owned by somebody else, but it's still opened, still in the same general area. And it had stuff that I forgot existed. Do you remember, do you guys remember around the time of the Batman 1989 film? Uh huh. Uh, and I know there were ads in the comics for it, but there was like Batman coins, like collectible coins uh, that they were yeah. putting out. Yeah. They had all of them. And I didn't even think they were real. I just thought it was an ad that was trying to steal your money. But it turns out, no, they were were very real. Uh, It also had something... I would have bought it, uh, but it was kind of pricey. You know how they have have these really cool comic book steins and pint glasses that you can buy now? Right. At some point, DC put out a glass milk jug with Catwoman on it, <laughs> and I Ooh. thought that was actually—I thought that was actually kind of cool. I was like, "That's clever," you know. If they had one with Linda Carter on it, Scott would be in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, while um, oh, while not I to was... interrupt, but yeah. if there's anybody out there who knows Linda Carter, get her in touch with us right away. <laughs> That's all I gotta this... say. Is this is this gonna be it's like important? A, it's oh, important okay. and it won't involve stocking at all. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. <laughs> Shh. But it was just cool for Quiet, me to, to to go home, and it was such a surreal experience, anyways, because so much of that area has changed. And uh, I'm not saying that it it, it 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 was like John Cusack in Gross Point Blank when he discovers that his house has been turned into a convenience store, but it was kind of like that. Uh, one of the coolest uh, moments for me was at, uh, at the reunion, which was kind of a weird thing, because they built a casino in Bethlehem. And I found it very surreal right before I went to the con- to the reunion, or like right before we, we drove up there, that I'm going home and like somebody's opened a casino because usually when that happens in an action movie, you know, the guy that goes home has to take down the corrupt person that has opened the casino and ruined right. his own town. Grandma who runs the corner store is hooked on crack and yes. and and yeah, and Bobby's shoe store is is getting repossessed by the mob because he gambled all his money away. <laughs> Yeah, uh, none of that happened, unfortunately, which probably would have made for a much more exciting, uh, if painful, uh, trip up there. But 
One of the guys that I talked to, uh, his name was Kirk. He was two years older than me when I so when I was a sophomore and just entering Emmaus High School. And uh, we also were kind of like that in junior high when I was in seventh grade. He was in ninth grade. Kirk is the guy that actually taught me how to hold a comic book. Uh, because I was backstage at uh, one of the performances of the musical we were in, and I had my copy of Action Comics Annual just come out, and I had it roll. You know, like you know, like you see, like in movie, kids rolling the at, and he took it out of my hand. He hit me on the head with it and said, "This is how you hold a comic book." Uh, and since I didn't have a, a Walt Hanley, if I'm getting that name right, I hope I'm. Hadley, yeah. Um, I didn't basically on my own, so um, it was kind of nice for someone to come along and teach the kid how to do it right, essentially. And he and I ended up, uh, he married one of my classmates, and he and I ended up talking for like a good half hour, and apparently that conversation led him to go out and like rekindle his, his, his love of comics. So... <laughs> That it was just kind of neat, you know, where where you haven't seen somebody in a long time, and he was the one that put the idea in my head when you know this is 1992 that if he could slim, Dennehy would have made a really good Batman in a Dark Knight Returns movie, um, and I'm talking probably more like First Blood era Brian Dennehy, really, uh, but uh. No, it was just... I could totally to, see that. It was just kind of cool, though. Just, you know, I didn't know what my reunion was going to be like. It ended up being a mostly positive experience. Uh, but just to to f- there and talk comic books with was, a, was, a, was kind of a nice little surprise, basically. Uh, and on the way back... Oh, on the way up, met with Bob Fisher, who does Superman Forever Radio. Uh, oh wow! Oh, did you? Oh, that's cool. And had dinner with him and because we stayed in Richmond for the night, and we had dinner with him and his wife. Uh, I'm so amazed he, at how many of our listeners actually have been able to get wives. I'm so proud of all of them. Um, and he gave me a stack of uh, like Silver Age eighty page giants, mm-hmm. like Batman and Superman stuff. And the one thing. He gave me a, that copy of previews that had the Hunter Prey cover, Scott, that you sent me the scan of. Oh, yeah. He gave me the previews. And he gave me... God, I don't... Do you guys... Around the time of Superman 2, and it was like a Daily Planet mock-up? Yeah. Yeah, I have that. Yeah, he, he gave me that. I've been looking for it for years. Uh, huh. And he just handed it over... And then on the way back, we stayed in Charlottesville, Virginia, where we met Tom Panarese and Stella from the uh, Backroad Oracle show. That's cool. And then uh, had dinner with them, went to Acme Comics, which is the comic shop in their area, which is one of these places that is like tore up from the floor up with comics. Uh, huge 50 cent bins, trades, everything. Uh, we didn't get to stay too long because it was closing up. And then we had dinner at Chili's where we got something that resembled service. Uh, <laughs> but it, it really wasn't. But it was just kind of cool hanging out with Stella. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Reese and I had the same childhood. 
all the stuff he talks about watching, I remember watching on the same channels that he did. <laughs> so, uh, but he does, uh, he's moved over to the uh, Two True Freaks family recently. Yeah. Tom's so, a hell of a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. We got to hang out. Not, not for very long, unfortunately. We got to meet up briefly uh, when he and his family were here uh, in Orlando. Gosh, it's about, it's about a month, month and a half ago, I think, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, he was um, telling me about that. Yeah, great guy. Really nice guy. Yeah, my, my first reaction is, Christ, you are tall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, I'm not used to looking up at people. Yeah, that, that was kind of freaky. Yeah, he's a big so, dude. So, uh, but it was just, it, it was really great that on the way up there, on the way back, and during there, I could kind of work comics into my everyday thing. The best thing, though, the coolest thing, was at the Walmart in Allentown. There was a Batman video game. A sit-down, driving Batman video game. Where you could take you could take on six different missions, and you could choose which one, depending if you wanted easy or hard. But you could choose from the 60s TV series Batmobile, the 1989 Batmobile... The Batman animated series Batmobile, the one from Batman Forever, the one from Batman and Robin, all of the tumblers, and even the one from Brave and the Bold. And that's what you're driving around. That's cool. And it, and it was and it was and it had great artwork on it. I mean it was a badass game. And it was so much every time we went to Walmart I played, because we kept running out of crap so we kept ending up going to walmart which was kind of weird because because you were throwing it all away so you had to go to walmart to play batman (laughs) (laughs) um i i i would admit to that actually uh and probably get less shit for that than say that i've watched my little pony which apparently is uh (laughs) maybe something of target so problem bro me But no, uh, I really wish you guys would have been there to play that game with me because I think it would have been a lot of fun. Uh, just just because you're driving the '60s Batmobile, but it's like shooting batarangs and stuff and machine guns, and you just can don't I tell you something? Any kind yeah. of game where you're driving a vehicle is fun to play with Scott Gardner. That's all I'm going to say right now. <laughs> you may not win that game, but fun will be had. Most especially if you're allowed to clip, uh, you know, maybe not outright hit, but at least clip pedestrians. Yes. <laughs> so you're basically saying that GTA was invented for you. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> I will never forget my first reaction to watching. So that was when I was working at uh, uh, Best Buy and the uh, the guys in the you know, what what would eventually become the Geek Squad department, which, thank God they didn't have that name when I worked there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I remember they were wor- they were fixing somebody's uh, PlayStation 2, and I remember watching them play that for the first time, and I'm just like, oh, my Lord, what is this game <laughs> you are playing must have? <laughs> Somebody answered my dreams. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> ah. just like that, that dream I was having last night. <laughs> Every night <laughs> on the way home from work. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't caught you yet. But uh, no, it was, it was just, you know, I haven't been back to Pennsylvania since 2001. 
and I caught up with a lot of friends that I haven't seen in 20 years. And the most ama- the, the biggest takeaway I had from it is that all the friends that I fell out with like at the end of my senior year when we talked we were like yeah that was that was, that was teenager teenage stuff wasn't it who cares let's talk about what's been going on in our lives and hang out so it was just it was kind of nice um, the reunion itself was kind of surreal but uh, everything surrounding the reunion was great so and that's all I pretty much have I have rambled on long enough as most people are probably that's thinking cool. right well, you know, you mentioned the uh, the Batman '89 uh, movie, and it got me to thinking. I'm like, oh man, I've been so slack because my wife and I uh, we recently celebrated our 20th wedding anniversary, and uh, we went and we had a little stay at Disney, you know, to celebrate our anniversary and everything. And uh, one of the restaurants that we have been meaning to go to again, we have we'd only been there one time, and we figure it's probably been about 10 years ago. And so we wanted to go again, and I mostly, I was the one that really wanted to go, I think, more than she did, because I really wanted to go and take pictures and everything, and that's uh, Planet Hollywood that they have at at Downtown Disney. And I took about a zillion pictures, and while I was there, Mike, I definitely thought of you, buddy, because they had a ton of stuff from Batman 89. They had one of his grapple guns, they had a bunch of, uh, of little figures that... I don't think that they appear in the film. My guess would be that they were uh, figures for like models that they had put together, you know, maybe of like Gotham City or something for like, uh, you know, setting up a shoot or something like that. Um, They had a, um, I don't know what you would call it, like a, not like a life mask or anything, but like a a sculptured head of uh, Jack uh, Nicholson as the Joker. So it's just, it's super creepy because it looks like it's really him. It just looks like, looks like somebody lopped off the top of his head and it's like sitting in this like lucite case and everything. They had uh, had some other stuff too. I forget what the other items were and just I mean tons of comic uh, or not comic but you know movie memorabilia. But there were definitely some specific comic ones in there too. They had a couple of different things from the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger Conan movies and they had. Um, Lex Luthor's robe from Superman the movie. Oh, you know, I saw your picture of that. Yeah. I, you I, know, I, if I was going to buy any any kind of movie prop, I would love to have one of those that I could just lounge around in. That would be so <laughs> awesome. I want Smashmaker's outfit. <laughs> I just I give myself credit for that for spotting that one because I was trying to be super thorough because I knew it probably would be a long time before I was there again and I know that the place has changed since I was there last time because one of the things I was really on the lookout for was they had an original Tron outfit the last time I was there that I wasn't able to get a picture of so I was looking for that and unfortunately it's gone now so I was I, I made a point to take a picture of like everything and so because I was being extra thorough, that's how I just happened to spot this robe because it was actually in a very weird spot. It was like behind like a like a Mater D booth type of thing, like around a corner and just, you know, up on a wall. It was just not in, in a particular like common area where you would just spot it walking by. You would have to kind of look for it. 
So I was really glad when I found that because I was looking for something Superman, and that was the only thing that I found uh, other than a picture of him, you know, amongst like a like a movie montage, you know, uh, thing up on the wall. Other, you know, other than that, it was the only Superman thing that I found in there. You know, if you're going to display that, the only way to display that is put put it on a mannequin. And then put that mannequin in, like, ankle-deep water. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but definitely thought of you when I, when I took those pictures, and I've been meaning to post those up for the longest time because there's so many people I want to tag in, in the different pictures, especially, you know, there's tons, of course, of, uh, of Arnold Schwarzenegger stuff because uh, I don't know if he's still into it or not, but, you know, when, when Planet Hollywood opened, he was one of the, the co whatever co-owners co-founders or whatever so there's tons of Schwarzenegger stuff so you know all the the usual suspects like Paul Spataro and Hair Middle Hero and all those guys all you know Bill Robinson all get tagged you know for the the Schwarzenegger stuff but um Chris you mentioned Mark Kalmbach and I just wanted to uh take a moment here to properly thank him for once again man he's he's keeps sending me swag it's like every few days i get a new box of swag showing up in the mail he's a garage sailor like me man so i'm telling you stuff he's sending me so much stuff that it's getting to a point where i'm like did i remember to talk about this in a show or not so if I've I know, mentioned we, some we of this need to stuff, set up Mark Kambach wings in our house it just, <laughs> just like, you know like superman's hollow trophies Seriously, and, and another message to Mark Kambach. I was actually at a graphic design office the other day with my roommate, and they had a giant laminating machine. Oh, so it's probably going to happen. It's probably going to happen. That's cool. There, actually, she said there it, it may be a difficult lamination job because it's really big, and it's on, like, regular paper. So it might end up going on, like, uh, a backing like a board backing and then have the laminate put on top of it she said she has a she has a machine that puts a perfect layer of clear dry erase over something so i might do that for his giant maze if anybody wonders what i'm talking about he sent me this giant maze that he drew it's unbelievable Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember it's mind bending. I still haven't, I haven't seen a picture of it yet. I want to see a picture. I got. Do you have I put a picture a pic- of it. I put a picture of it up, so it's in the Two True Freaks picture gallery oh, okay. somewhere down the line in there. I'll yeah, have to, I'll you cannot really now. get an idea. I maybe I did a close up too of what it's like, but it's intense. You're. Let's just say the pat. It's it's a big poster. It's probably like three by four feet. And you're wow. you're navigating through a maze. It's probably like three or four millimeters wide. <laughs> not not that I'm trying to show my own real life job, but if you've got an Office Depot near you, yes, they may be able to send that off to their regional print facility and get that laminated as well. You see the the Might graphic ex- design office. They take barter too. Oh well, then so, there you go. It's yeah. That's that's always a, a big plus. <laughs> I, I actually feel like I'm in the club now because, like I mentioned last time, Mark uh, Mark sent me some Lois Lane comics that were awesome. So I'm 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 starting my trophy case in my my, my trophy area <laughs> for Mark basically. You know, when you guys get stuff from him, does he always have an illustration on the on the envelope yes, or on the package? Always, yeah. I call and that it's always the awesome. Art of quality 
<laughs> he well, drew uh, Batman online. It was great. He actually he drew, drew me as Batman at one point and that and posted it on Facebook. So. That's cool. Yeah, that was a great picture. Yeah, each one he sent me has had a different illustration on them. All of them very, very funny, very, very cool. Yeah, so I um, end up keeping so all the stuff. He, he sends me. Yeah, all, he I keep end up keeping all the stuff and the packaging. <laughs> yeah, I have <laughs> too. Yeah, I haven't thrown the packages away. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's just it's just really cool to know someone out there that has such a distinctive style. Yes, that it's a very rare you know, thing. I, I, I mean, I have yeah, to say. I mean, you know. Like, you know, people can be illustrative. Ill- well, I can't say that word. I'm sorry. Illustrative. Uh, illustrative and all that stuff. But it's just like everything he draws. It- I'm like, man, how? Like, it, it, that's in his head and he puts it on paper. <laughs> it's just great. <laughs> yeah. And and if you ever see like a Mark Kambach picture somewhere, you're going to be able to go, hey, that's Mark Kambach. Right. Unless there's unless the Mark Combat copycats start springing up, in which case we'll kick them in the nuts. No, that means this stuff will be worth even more, and then it becomes even more collectible because you have to have the true collectors who can tell a real from a fake. Not long ago, I got home from work and uh, there was a package, very large package, sitting on the uh, table. <laughs> That's what she said. Hey, and my, <laughs> on the my table, wife. Eh? My wife looks at it and just goes, oh, God, now what the hell did you buy? I'm like, I, I haven't bought, I don't know what it is. I haven't bought anything. So I flip the package over, and sure enough, there's an illustration on there from Mark. I'm looking at it going, I have no idea what this thing is because it's too big to be a book. It's a, it's a strange shape. I have no idea what it is. So I open it up, and oh, my God, check this out. The $6 million man, Bionic Crisis. Parker Brothers board game. Ooh, oh. this is freaking cool. The the cover, the box art on this thing is just gorgeous. I have no idea who it is, but it's a great painted picture of Steve Austin, his bionic eyes all lit up, and then there's another inset picture of uh, this team of scientists working on a bionic leg and everything. It's just oh, it's awesome. I, I just I couldn't believe it. I, I mean, it, it appears to be complete and everything. I haven't had a chance to play it yet. Um, I, I tried to get the family to play it with me the night that, that was I got my it. first like, question eh. was going to be: Did you make the? Did you force the family to sit down and play the Bionic Man game? I I tried to. They were they weren't biting, but uh, I'm sure that we <laughs> will. We will in the rooms. <laughs> well, next time we have a, a, a nerd get together, I'm sure that this is going to get get broken out. You, you know what I'm playing, and you know what I'm bringing to that when we finally all get together in Florida. I'm bringing the Superman 3 board game that my wife got me for Christmas a couple of years ago. Oh, I want to be Richard Pryor. Here's an idea. You know how people do those um, like live video casts where they have their webcam? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you see like four nerd faces and they're all talking, you know, whatever. Right. Couldn't you do that where one of the pictures is just the a top view of a board game and just have yeah, people play not. a game online? Pick out some goofy board game every week we, and we pitched that idea way back when when we were doing trivia night, remember? We used to have trivia night and do like star we used well yeah. we, I think we did mixed trivia because we had Star Wars and I remember some Disney being in there yeah. and stuff. We we pitched that idea way back when. 
And they were like, ah, that's too much work. <laughs> we, we it never is did too it. much work, but yeah, maybe somebody <laughs> will do it and we can watch it. Oh, inside this board game, there was actually there was a stack of comics in here. So I got uh, Amazing Adventures. I have no idea what volume this is. It turns out that there's more than one volume of Amazing Adventures from Marvel. So I'm not sure which one this one is, but this is Amazing Adventures number two that strangely reprints X-Men number one. So I don't know what the hell the first issue of Amazing Adventures reprints. But anyway, there's uh, X-Men number one, which I don't know that I've ever actually read. So that looks interesting because, you know, it's a Lee Kirby book. So I'm curious to check that out. And it turns out that I'm actually getting quite the little collection of Amazing Adventures uh, between the two volumes because I just got some Amazing Adventures from my... uh, my LCS not long ago for a buck. Uh, among them was uh, one of the very first appearances of uh, the Blueford Beast, or actually Gray. He was Gray at first. Uh, the Beast, you know, from the from the X Men and Avengers and everything. Anyway, also in the stack, Amazing Spider-Man number one ninety eight uh, by Wolfman and uh, Buscema and Mooney. Uh, another issue of Amazing Spider-Man. This one's a Todd McFarlane issue. Uh, by Michelini and Todd McFarlane, 321. Uh, an issue of huh? Daredevil, Men Without Fear, 271. What'd you say? I said, huh. <laughs> uh, my very first issue ever of Deadpool. This is Deadpool number three. This looks like it's part of a, a limited series, so maybe this is his first mini, maybe? I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. I really know nothing about Deadpool. So this will be kind of an introduction uh, to that character for me. And here you go. He had to go and get me started. I've been resisting the urge, but now I've got an issue, so now I'm going to end up having to collect the whole damn thing. He sent me Guardians of the Galaxy. This is the 90s series, uh, number 53. And I've been curious to check this out, but I did not have a single issue of my own. Well, now I do. So now I'll probably end up chasing down the back issues on that because I do see them uh, out and about in the cheap bins quite a bit. So there you go. He got me started. I really like the cover, but I don't care for the interior art much. Who is this? Uh, Scott Eaton and Steve Munt. I never heard of either one of them. I like the cover, though. And this one was a bit strange when I got this in the mail from Mark, but I thought, eh, what the hell? It looks kind of interesting. I'll flip through it and see what it's all about. And I really like the interior art. This is a, uh, I guess you could describe it as a, either a trade or a graphic novel. I'm not sure. It just says The Illustrated Adventures of Robin Hood, adapted by Martin Powell and Stan Timmons. And you open it up. It's a beautiful painted cover on it, but then you open it up and it's actually, um, it's black and white. And it says it's by Malibu Graphics. And uh, I just, I really like the interior art style on this because I can see several different, uh, art styles I, I don't know if it's perfect purposely aping any of them but there's several different artist styles here that it's very similar to it's very similar to um like mike grell i see a little bit of uh neil adams in there a little bit of jim aparo it's it's really good just classic good stuff comic yeah. illustrator yeah really really good stuff it you know it's a it's a bit uh it's a bit amateurish compared to them but in a good way uh, but I really like the style on this. And the back of the, the back cover just says uh, 
Somewhere in the retellings of, of the Robin Hood legend, the original concept, that of the courageous and kind-hearted archenemy of oppression, has been lost. This is The Adventures of Robin Hood by Martin Powell and Stan Timmons brings back that legendary Robin Hood of Sherwood Forest. So I'm curious to check it out. It actually looks like a lot of fun. I really love the uh, the artwork style on this and uh, you know the black and white style. I've, I've become uh, appreciative of black and white, and particularly indie art, in a way that I never really was as a kid. I, when it's done really well like this, I like it a lot. And, I and was the just shading, having, it's really well done. I was just having the thought, and it was I think for a, from a frame of something you put up, Mike, on Facebook in the last couple days of a Batman. I think it was you. It was from a Batman comic. Someone put it up and said, as I read this more and more, I'm beginning to like it more. And, oh, uh, Long Halloween. And yeah. it was in black and white. And I was looking at it and I'm like, I really like the way that artwork looks. And then I was thinking, you know what? I think I'm. what I don't like about modern comics is the way col they're colored and, and the way the coloring looks on the modern paper. So black and white looks more like a real comic book to me mm -hmm. in modern days. That's why maybe that's one of the reasons why Walking Dead appeals to me so much. I don't like that sort of photoshopped color look these days on glossy They're, they're digitally colored, yeah. And I was wondering this. Why don't the comic companies do this? All of a sudden, why don't you just print your comics on crappy paper like you used to? Because <laughs> guess what? 90 years later, people are still reading those comics from the crappy paper. You know, right. cut your costs a lot. Stop, stop. No, you won't, actually. Really? No, uh, I found out recently, actually, Mark Wade was talking about it, the fact that even crappy newsprint's expensive now. Oh. Hmm. Just paper in and of itself it's is expensive. just outrageously expensive. Hmm. Well, All right, one of the... Quick wow, shout that out killed the conversation. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I was I was trying to fill the gap. <laughs> One other uh, quick shout out here. Uh, I was very 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 appreciative of this. Again, it just goes to show what awesome awesome listeners that we have. Um, not long ago, and I forget why the hell that I did it. Now uh, there was something going on that made me post it, and I, now I can't remember what it was, but. I posted up uh, one of my want lists not long ago. Um, I, don't, I can't remember if it was to the Two True Freaks group or what. And one of our listeners pounced straight on it, man, and uh, and helped me uh, fill a hole that was in my collection. Something I have been chasing on the cheap forever and a damn day. And you wouldn't think that the thing would be hard to find or expensive, but I, for whatever reason, I just could never seem to snag this thing cheap and I it had to be cheap because I'm interested in it but it's like nah you know not that interested and uh, Alan Leach Jr. to the rescue man he sent me uh, Wonder Woman Gods and Goddesses this is a novel by John Byrne and I liked Burns' run on Wonder Woman. I didn't think it was awesome. It had it had some really interesting things. I mean, he did interesting things with the character, but it was kind of it was it was here and there. So I've been curious to read this for a while because, like I say, I, I you know generally speaking, I enjoyed his run on Wonder Woman, but you know I, I wasn't sure how I would feel about this. I, I have both of Burns. Uh, 
other prose novels. He he did one way back when in the in the 80s called uh, Fear Book, which I thought was great. I'd love to see it be a movie I, uh, one day. I have a copy mm-hmm. of that. You know who gave it to me? Who? Alan Leach Jr. Oh, did he? Yes. <laughs> and uh, he had another. What was the other? Whipping Boy was the other one. That one I kind of thought sucked. I'll be honest with you. I, I that one I did not care for. So. I like Byrne more as artist, much more as artist than I do as writer. Not to say I don't like his writing, but it's kind of hit and miss for me. So I wasn't sure how I'd feel about this, hence why I've been hunting it on the cheap all these years. And uh, Alan got a hold of me uh, through Facebook and was just like, dude, I have that book. Do you want it? And I'm like, yeah, I never turned down a free book. You know, if you want to send it my way, send it my way. And sure enough, he did. And uh, so I just wanted to say thank you so much. Because... so long since I've read that, I'm trying to remember if I liked it or not. See, I was going to ask you if you had if you had ever read it or not. Yeah, I used to have a copy. I gave it to my friend Elizabeth because she is a much bigger Wonder Woman fan than I had, and she had never read it. So it was one of those things where, you know, I read it. Like, when it first came out, I bought it. Mm-hmm. And I read it, and I remember liking it as much as I liked his run. Because right. I was kind of like you. It was just like, yeah, this is good. I mean, it's not, you know, Perez's run, but, you know, it's... Yeah, it's funny you say that because that's exactly what I was debating whether I wanted to say that or not. But that's exactly how I feel is that I think Burns' run... I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It just isn't Perez's run. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and I mean, his it's, run, it's... I thought, was... I mean, his is the defining run on that book, in my opinion. Byrne took her back to being more of a straightforward superhero at first, mm-hmm. and then really started going off into some bizarre directions, like having her die. And then, but he did some cool stuff too, like having Hippolyta go back in time. That was and be awesome. The, and be the Wonder Woman for the JSA, which I thought right. was great. Yep, that was a great way to solve that problem, I thought. And he does not get enough credit for that, because yeah. I thought that was brilliant. Well, the reason why he doesn't is that Byrne has a tendency to fix problems that aren't there. Uh, in some cases. Like, he mm-hmm. really overthinks it. So, I think that... It, it's like people assume that if he does it once... And like, chapter one is a good example of him overthinking things that don't need to right. be overthought. So, well, it gets... It, that the, the whole JSA thing gets lumped into that. Well, another thing, too, is that as, as awesome as the whole Hippolyta thing was, and I really do think that that was awesome, that was followed not long after by what he did with Donna Troy, which totally did not work at all, yeah. unfortunately. So, so yeah, it, it kind of destroyed his own goodwill with that. Um, but the other thing, too, is that... Uh, now, I could be wrong. Maybe somebody else was toying with the same idea before him or around the same time. But to my mind, you know, from my perspective as a reader, it seems like the whole thing that that developed for a time, uh, particularly in uh, the DC animated universe with Batman and Wonder Woman coming together and kind of having a you know are they or aren't they sort of thing going on, seemed like that originated in the Burn Run too when Batman uh, came to see her when she was dying. And I really liked that issue. Uh, I thought that was... Is that, the, is that a silent issue? I can't remember. I want to say that it is, but I can't recall. I have not read since it came out. Uh, I have not revisited that yet. 
it's either a silent issue or that part of it is silent but where where batman sneaks into her hospital room uh as she lays dying i thought that that was good stuff that was you know powerful and it was classic burn it was really good stuff maybe maybe just that one uh sequence is silent now that i think about it but anyway that was it was good and again i didn't think he got enough credit for that either but Again, I just wanted to say uh, thanks to both uh, Alan and Mark for the swag. I really, really do appreciate it very much. Everybody likes well, swag. Are we ready for uh, for the Freaky Five? Oh, I think it's that time. Well, this month's Freaky Five is the top five DC and Marvel movies that they've announced, you know, for the next 18 centuries that are coming out. (laughs) And uh, I guess it it didn't have to be a mix of Marvel and DC, but it just gave a big pool of... um, Now, this is the ones that we're most looking forward to? Yes, that we're most looking forward to. Seeing or either most looking forward to or most you know that piqued our interest the most or which I guess would be kind of like most looking forward to yeah just to keep it simple cool who wants to go first all right I'll go first (laughs) (laughs) all right I liked this subject I liked this subject a whole lot and uh, (laughs) man there I'm there's there's so many things coming out that I am really 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 looking forward to um well I'll tell you what I I had prepared a little something here I I just want to touch on this briefly um this was something that uh came in my email not long ago from my boss from uh from Bob Iger head of uh Disney and no, I, he I thought you meant Dufo. I was just like, which boss? <laughs> no, my <Yeah>. other boss. <laughs> and this one uh, was... The boss uh, actually gives him money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it was just talking about, you know, what a, what a great year uh, 2014 has been. I just wanted to read this one little segment because th- this just goes straight to what we're talking about here. Uh, So it says here, it says, our studio business has been a a tremendous content engine driving opportunity across the company. In fiscal 2014, the studio achieved record operating income and also released four of the year's biggest movies, Frozen, Guardians of the Galaxy, Maleficent, and Captain America 2. Most are franchise franchise drivers, and this focus on creating and growing franchises is even more pronounced in our slate of future releases. The most obvious example of this strategy is Marvel, which has become a strong brand since our 2009 acquisition. The five Marvel movies we've distributed to date have, a, uh, have averaged almost a billion dollars in global box office and established two new franchises, The Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy. Marvel has a brilliant team of storytellers with an incredible slate of upcoming movies that create unbelievable potential for our entire company, starting with the long-awaited Avengers sequel, Age of Ultron, which will be in theaters next May. Ant-Man will open for July, followed by Captain America 3 and Doctor Strange in 2016, and then Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Thor, Ragnarok, and Black Panther in 2017. 
There will also be three Marvel releases the following year, Avengers Infinity Part 1, as well as Captain Marvel and The Inhumans. And in 2019, we'll release the second part of Avengers Infinity War. And that ain't even all of them. But I just, you know, that just gives you an idea. The, you know, I mean, what an awesome, awesome time we live in to be, uh, you know, a, a fan of these characters because... Man, there's so much stuff coming out. That's stuff and that's so- really coming out. That's stuff that's going to be yeah. in production and coming out. It's not just like, yeah, maybe we'll do this, maybe we'll do that. All this stuff is coming out in the next few years. It's mm-hmm. unbelievable. The, the thing I really just like Marvel. about this, and, uh, and, and I'm glad that we're doing this show, you know, originally to, to give the listeners a, a little peek behind the curtain, originally this show was going to be recorded a week ago. And, you know, just due to circumstances, we weren't able to record. And I'm actually really glad that we're recording this now because I'm in a completely different frame of mind than I was that night when we were going to record. Because not long, you know, it might have even been that same day, I can't remember, but, but right around that time we were originally going to record, there was a big stink that came out because somebody involved with the uh, with the DC films and the DC franchises said something stupid or, or supposedly did and it just caused this big stink and I, I found myself kind of despite myself getting sucked into the whole thing but now you know it's been a whole nother week there's a whole different perspective and just you know reading this little news article and just looking at the slate of movies coming out you know I, I've really been trying so much harder lately as I was saying before, to just kind of find my joy with old comics and and not be so upset all the time about what's going on with modern comics. I'm kind of trying to approach the movie and and TV universes for for these properties kind of the same way. And while it bugs me that I'm not getting the movies I want out of certain characters or certain franchises, at the same rate, man... Still getting plenty of movies that you do want. Yes! That's the thing, is that we are finally... Finally, thank yeah. Jesus, we are finally well, at a proper I mean, point with these things to where it's not like it was when we were kids that if a comic book movie came out, by God, you better get your ass to the theater and see it because you're not going to well, get many more. Well, that's the thing is, them. if 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 one is if there's a miss, you can skip right over it. Yep, skip exactly. Skip right into the next movie. That's the great thing is life that goes on. You know, I, I'm I'm fully prepared at this point to just kind of concentrate on Marvel, but the great thing here is that there's so much great stuff coming out now that even Marvel is getting at a point where I'll be able to kind of pick and choose because there's a couple right. on the list I'm kind of like, eh, it could be fun, but nah, I think I'll wait for this other one. And I think that's awesome that's amazing to finally that we're in that position. That yeah, you know, I'm I'm so excited for this. But anyway, I, I've taken enough time. Here's my list. Um, and this was very carefully thought out to try to get this, you know, just right because there are this is this is by no means the only movies I'm interested in. I'm interested in so many of these movies, but this is the order uh, as I thought it out for for you know the list of importance to me. So at number five, Thor Ragnarok. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this. Um, some of the behind-the-scenes chatter I'm hearing says is this is going to be a major game-changer for both the Thor and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so I'm curious about what that's going to be about. And I'm kind of hoping it will redeem Thor a little bit. Not that I didn't enjoy Dark World, but 
it wasn't as great as I was hoping it was going to be. I enjoy it. I think it's a hell of a lot of fun, but I just, I wish it was more on a par with, say, uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, which I thought was a really great movie. Um, so I'm ho- hoping Thor Ragnarok will be kind of like that'll be the one for Thor. Like that'll be the really, truly kick-ass Thor movie. Uh, again, not to say that I didn't like the first two because I did. Um, number four, um, this one from Marvel, but not the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but uh, X-Men Apocalypse. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, I've been sucked into the, the whole X-Men thing as far as the movie X-Men goes. Uh, ever since, uh, well, really ever since X2, but especially with uh, First Class. I mean, First Class really blew me away. I, I still think that that is one of the best comic book movies ever made. I really enjoy the hell out of that movie. I loved uh, Days of Future Past as well. I thought that was a lot of fun. Not quite as good as First Class, but right up there on a par. And uh, I'm really curious what they're going to do with uh, with Apocalypse because I like where they left off, where where they you know where they left the chess pieces at the end of uh, of Days of Future Past. They can pretty much do whatever they want, and I like that certain pieces are back on the board again. Uh, number three, this one I hope isn't a cheat because I know this is a two-parter, but uh, Avengers: Infinity War. Uh, I know it's going to be two films, but uh, you know, not knowing what they're going to be about, I'm just going to put you know the both of them on that list. I Man, I'm super curious what that's going to be about. It sounds like it's going to be awesome. It sounds like it's going to be epic, and I'm hoping that that means that they're going to bring together the the larger pieces, existing pieces of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, most especially the Avengers and the Guardians together in one film or, you know, a series of films to uh, to battle, you know, Thanos and whatever the other threats turn out to be. Really, really, really looking forward to that. It, it's hard to believe that that's going to exist, that that's right. actually real. Um, number two... Uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. I mean, the, the trailers look awesome. I'm very curious. I, I like how things, uh, you know, just like Phase 1 uh, did with bringing, you know, the, the Avengers together, this one looks, you know, it looks really cool because it's just hard to believe that that they're going to be able to kind of bring, you know, because the Avengers, as they stand right now, as we head into this movie, they seem like they're all in very disparate places. So I'm really curious, how are they going to pull all this together? How is everybody going to come from these very weird places that all the characters are at? How are they all going to come back together, fit, and and make this story work within a, you know, two, two and a half, three hour uh, time frame that they have to to tell this story? And and not only tell of how they get back together, but also what's the new adventure? And everything I'm seeing so far looks really exciting. I love the trailers, and uh, I think it's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to it. And number one on the list, shouldn't be any mystery if you follow me on Facebook. I can't stop talking about it. Guardians of the Galaxy, baby. Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I am super friggin' jazzed for this movie because I loved it. The first one, absolutely loved it. Can't wait for it to come out on uh, on DVD because uh, yeah, I I just loved the movie. Could not get enough of it. So that's my list. I am really curious what you guys have on your list. Um, you want me to go next? Yeah, go ahead. Um, did not I? I cheated a little bit and I cut out. I didn't count Age of Ultron, Guardians two, 
Thor, Captain America <laughs> sequels. Okay. Because those are just like almost givens for me. So I just wanted, I, I more focused on the ones that made me go, oh. Uh, so number five is Inhumans. Mm. One word for that Lockjaw. That's all I gotta say. Lockjaw is going to be on screen. I'm almost excited about that as Rocket Raccoon. And you know where my first first time I saw Lockjaw was in? Spidey Stupid Stories. (laughs) Number four, Doctor Strange. I'm just so curious as to how they'll pull it off. It seems like an improbable one, which that makes me excited with the Marvel Universe. Because they like to sort of come out of nowhere with something. So I'm I'm kind of ex- excited about Doctor Strange. Three, I go into DC land for Shazam. I Shazam might be the Superman movie that the people who didn't get the Superman they wanted in in Man of Steel, you know? I can't see it being a dark movie, you know? It might I, be... You know, I, I hope and pray that you're right is all I'm going to say, because I don't, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer about the whole thing. I don't have... Well, I was going to say I don't have much faith. I don't have any faith. But I hope... I so hope I'm wrong. I hope they come out well, and it is you know, the Captain America... Or, excuse me, Captain Marvel, rather, movie that... that it should be. I, I just, I hope and pray that it is. Well, the thing, the, the, you know, what I'll, what I'll say about what I'm thinking about with DC is they're, they're, you know, we're talking Warner Brothers. There's, they've got their huge list too. There's just no way that you're not going to get some somebody in there, some director in there, who who tweaks something just right. You know what I mean? They're they're doing so much and they're so they they can't just have the same people you know you can't just have Christopher Nolan and Zack Snyder do all these movies you know and even if they do they're going to get watered down to the point of goneness so there's there's a lot of random element involved in it anyway number two Black Panther that hmm. has the possibility of being of it I'm thinking it's going to be like the first Thor movie, kind of a small budget type of thing. But here we might get something kind of Indiana Jones in Africa, like, you know what I mean? More just like human adventure type story. I'm very curious. I'm very curious to how they approach it. And number one, just to get both Captain Marvels in there is Captain Marvel. Which you were telling me the other night when we were talking, it's the the female Captain Marvel. That's what is I've that heard. Is that Miss Marvel? Yes, it is. Is that Miss? Yeah. So is it Miss Marvel? Yeah, she was Carol Danvers, and now she's Captain Marvel. Oh, so it's going to be the Carol Danvers version? Yes. Okay, I can live with that. It's the one they yeah. keep showing the picture of, anyways. Oh, I hadn't seen a picture. Well, when they show like the announcement for the film, that's the picture that they use. Oh, okay. So. I, somehow I missed that. Yeah. No, all right. That I, and now I'm curious. 
Because I know that there's a new one, or there was a new one in the comics that I thought was a very poor decision. So I was kind of hoping that that was not the direction that they were going. So See, cool. I was kind of picking around the edges. These are the ones I'm thinking. These all just have weird elements, weird tones to them. Not weird, but unusual compared to the uh, the other, you know, classic superhero movies. Mm-hmm. So I'm, and, and that a lot of times works out really good lately with with movies. You know, they 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 have to take them and like they can't just say let's just load this with special effects and have these guys fight because nobody knows who they are. So with the exception maybe of Doctor Strange and Shazam, right? Um, but so they have to build the characters and get you to care about them. Right. and build their world and situation and make it intriguing so yeah that's that's why I picked that I mean I, I'm re- I loved the trailer for Age of Ultron that looks it looks very similar you know everybody's like whoa it looks kind of dark but I'm like yeah so did Iron Man 3 remember when they had well, all you know, the, the trailers classically speaking the middle chapter is usually yeah. the dark. It's well, the Empire Strikes Back. They're of, also of they're, any trilogy. They're, you know? they're introducing their their baddie in it too. You know, so it's, right. there's no way this movie isn't going to have the same tone of like humor. You know, humor drama. It, it'll have everything. You know, humor drama, lighthearted, exciting, doom filled. Every everything. One, you know, one thing I really liked with that trailer was that they really used Pinocchio to amazing and creepy effect. Yes. And I'm so glad if, if that it wasn't people that went creepy with effect, it. it would be kind of opportunistic, like a okay, right, yeah. cross branding, but man, yeah. it makes a lot of sense. And it's creepy. It's yeah, truly it unsettling. Yeah. Which I'm, is kind of so Disney like to do, to take one of their like cherished songs Mm-hmm. And turn it into like, you know, the the song, the well, song of the let, destroyer. Let's, let's be fair. The Andrews Sisters did a cover of "I Got No Strings," so, <laughs> and it took on a decidedly different tone about right. what those strings represented. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm very curious to hear yours, Mike. Yeah. This was a tough one. Um, because I try to be respectful of my friends. You know, you know, if, if somebody doesn't like something, I try not to talk about it in front of them. Because I just think that's kind of rude, and I don't want there to be, like, odd feelings and all that. Odd. But this one just, you know, I, I just basically got to go for it, essentially, and, and risk... Uh, oddly enough, Chris... Chris too, because because he hates Zack Snyder. So, but no, we'll get to that. Yeah, exactly. But we'll get to that. Um, Say it, Michael. Say it. Number five. I am looking forward to, and this is with a caveat though. So this has an asterisk next to it. The Wonder Woman film, if they do what they say they're going to do and set it in the twenties. Ooh. Oh, that so I that it's. Not heard. Yeah, there, there's a rumor, and it could be completely false, but there's a rumor that the first Wonder Woman film will be set in the 20s, and then the second one will be, like, in the 40s. So, 
I feel like, I like kind of like Captain. Yeah, I feel like kind of like Captain America, Wonder Woman would would do better kind of in a period piece to start things off. And the twenties right. are in a period that you see more. You would expect yeah. it almost to be more like the forties, World War Two era. And the fact that they're actually going for like a female action director, uh, kind of gives me a little hope that it's it's going to be different at the very least. So. But again, that's with the caveat if that's what they're going to do. Zack you know, Sna- Zack Snyder's not directing it or anything, so no, 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 no. Why were you they're, bringing they're, up Zack Snyder then, Mike? Uh, wait for it. Uh-huh. Um, exactly. Number four, uh, Avengers two, three, and four. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I, like you guys, I saw that trailer. I got creeped out. I thought it was a beautiful use of that song. I think James Spader is going to be one of the definitive villains of comic book films now, uh, and he d- and he's not even on screen, you know, <laughs> it's just his voice. Uh, it looks like, especially that kind of extended trailer where they showed them all trying to lift Thor's hammer. Right. I yeah. Thought, I thought that was fantastic. I was just like, that's exactly what this film needs. You know, <laughs> it needs that moment before everything goes really freaking bad. Yeah. Uh, and it's setting up for a little higher on my list. Uh, number four, and, and this this was odd because I, I didn't really think that I would be looking forward to it, but the idea of a, a Carol Danvers Captain Marvel film really appeals to me simply because I really want to see where they go with it. Because I like that character uh, through her many iterations uh, when, you know, when she was basically Captain Marvel's sidekick, to when she was binary, to right. when she was an alcoholic, to <laughs> you know, right around right around the time of Civil War when she had her own title that was really good. Uh, I, I'm just I'm, I'm kind of interested in that, and basically because on the whole I have more faith Marvel people than I do the Warner Brothers people. That's why it's kind of higher than Wonder Woman. Uh, I almost put Shazam on the list too, mainly because if if The Rock is going to play Black Adam, I really want to see that. Oh, but, uh, that's more of an honorable mention than anything. Um, number two, Captain America: Three Civil War. Uh, I have a new favorite Marvel film, and I know I haven't seen Galaxy uh, Guardians of the Galaxy yet, and, oh and, and I'm sure I'll love it. But Captain America: Winter Soldier hit every single button I wanted it to hit. So if they are going to bring Civil War and do it good, uh, then I will be down with that. And then there's number one. So well, before you get to that, I'm, I'm glad you, you had that caveat in there because uh, I'm, people may wonder why I didn't put uh, Cap 3 on my list. And I, I wanted to very badly because, uh, uh, like you, I really do appreciate Winter Soldier a lot, a lot more than I thought that I would. Because you know, I, I make no bones about the fact that I've never liked the idea of them bringing back Bucky. But in the cinematic universe, I think you can get away with that sin a lot easier than you could in the in the comic book uh, universe. But anyway, the the reason I didn't though is that. Until we know a little bit more about it, or you know, really, I'd rather just wait and you know until I'm actually watching the movie. You know, knowing Civil War as it stands right now, not really all that crazy about that idea. But I'm hoping oh, that they can make it. There's no way it's going to be like you know? the comic. It's just going to take elements. It can't, of the... it can't it, be. 
it can't be because secret identities aren't an issue in these movies. Right, right. right. So it that doesn't matter. So when you take that off the table, uh, it, it kind of opens up that story possibility more about... It, you can actually focus on it being about civil liberties instead of whatever the hell Mark Miller did. Well, see, I'm uh, wondering if they're they're kind of trading on the name in that particular instance, that they're calling it that, and the fanboys are getting really excited about it, but it's going to be more an original story that may have certain... And I'm good with certain, that, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, me too. That That's what I'm hoping for, because... I don't dog on Civil War the way I hear a lot of other fans dog on it. I didn't think it was horrible, but I see all of the criticisms that they have and agree with a lot of them, too, that the the biggest problem that it had is that it had the characters do things to do them to put them in certain places so that they could do certain things rather than have the characters act the way that they should. And... Yeah, that when you do that for a story with established characters that people know and love so much, it, it just doesn't work. And unfortunately, in that instance, it just didn't work because you had characters doing stuff and everybody going, "Wow, wait, what? You know, so and so would never do that kind of thing." So yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, if I, you know, if I had six on the list, then caps that very next slot, you know, because I'm really looking forward to that that next. Ca- I mean, I've en- I've enjoyed both. Mm-hmm. Of, the, uh, of the Cap movie so much, and I and I loved his appearance in uh, in Avengers as well. I thought he was great. So yeah, Chris Evans just you know he's one of the outstanding players in uh, in the Marvel universe you right gotta now. Got to see uh, you guys. Got to see Snowpiercer. He started what is that? that. Oh okay. It's an end of the world movie with a train running through frozen over Earth. Hmm. He plays a protagonist really good. But we're just stalling. We're getting to the seven part of the show. <laughs> I look at Mike and go, Mike, what's in the box? Mike? What's in um, the box? I'm just going to write off. I am looking forward to Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Uh, is that a title that I like? No. Um, not at all. I think it's a terrible title, as a matter of fact, uh, the more I think about it. But I'm really trying to figure out how I'm going to phrase this. I'm going to get to see my two favorite heroes in live action on screen together. And there's something about that that kind of trumps everything else. Uh, One of the... But... Logical level. I think the fact that uh, even though Snyder is still directing it, that they got somebody to uh, rework David Goyer's script um, that kind of gave me a little hope. The fact that Nolan's name really isn't mentioned as much anymore in uh, it kind of gives me a little bit more. I am not saying that I think it's going to be great. I'm not going to sit here and declare that I think it is. Uh, but I am not going to dislike it until I actually see the film. So, And, and that's pretty much all I really want to get into on that. Because uh, I don't want to make it uncomfortable for anybody. <laughs> Oh, thanks, Mike. No, I, I... Not uncomfortable at all. We've really enjoyed having you here on uh, Comics Monthly. <laughs> Monday. Mike, we're going to miss the show, you. man. You were great. It was a great run. A great run. Truly you guys, epic. You guys have been holding that one in for a while. I'm proud of you. I'm really proud of you. I have That's this good. watch here with your name etched on the back of it. 
It's, well, uh, I just want to say, since this is says traitor going it. to be my final, uh, <laughs> I look up and the Winter Soldier's perched on top of the cabinet about to take me out. <laughs> it's been uh, great, buddy. Don't let that door hit you on the ass on the way out. <laughs> no, but seriously, I didn't, I, I don't like, I didn't want to make it seem like I was trying to poke the bear. If that makes any sense. No, no, dude. Mike, seriously, there's, 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 there's no, no there's no, there's no bear to poke here because that's why I prefaced my my comments with what I said. I mean, at, at this time, there's so much other stuff coming out that. You know, it's right at the moment. It is very easy for me to just kind of, you know, just ignore it. You know what I mean? Because I've got this this full slate of other movies that I am. Well, meanwhile, there's a Star Wars movie coming out. A little Mm -hmm. thing called Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) the 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 fewer movies I can scratch off my list at the moment not to go to just saves me money yeah i was just gonna say and then then if they're all great then that gets really expensive quickly yeah and 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 and, you know it's funny because you know scott mentioned that you know you can be kind of you know choosy mothers can be choosier now Mm -hmm. uh but i looked at that slate of films that marvel released and my first thought was oh that's kind of cool my second thought was this feels normal now it isn't like when they were like, we're going to do Iron Man, and then we're going to do Cap, and then we're going to do Thor, and it's all going to, and Hulk, and it's all going to go into the Avengers, and everyone was like, <gasps> and now it's just like, oh, what's the next batch? Like, it's mm-hmm. like it's commonplace. Not that it's not special, but that I look through so that it's list a natural. Went, pro- it feels like a natural yeah. progression, which, it, which looked, it naturally would to us, but in the realm of pop culture... Yeah. Yeah, we're we're in pretty good shape nerd wise these days. But I looked at that list and I went, okay, I'm gonna see Cap. I'm definitely gonna see Avengers. I haven't seen Dark World yet, but I like Chris Helmsworth as Thor. <laughs> Apparently, my dogs don't. But um, the uh, and, but I was just like, you know, Black. I'll probably wait for a Blu-ray on that, or and you know. I've never really cared about them, but if it's on like FX at three o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday, you know, and and it's just nice that we're in a position now where we can pick and choose, which is really odd because before it was just like this summer, you're going to get Batman and that's it. It was and all the sports fans were like, oh, there's four football games going on now. And now the nerds have the same choice. Yeah, I it, it's it's mind-boggling, really, and that, and we're not even talking about TV. TV's starting to do the same thing. Yeah, I mean the Flash television series cannot recommend it enough. Well, I mean, you got it's Flash, the one that you got I'm Arrow, you got watching. Agents of Shield, you got The Walking Dead, all got Gotham, Gotham. That's right. Uh, there's a Supergirl show in production. I mean, it's uh, Constantine it's isn't that being made into a show. Uh, and that's already been made into a show, and a lot of it was filmed right around where I am right now, <laughs> which is kind of weird. <laughs> so it's it's just permeating everything. I love it. It's about time. It's Good time. it's it's fun to go to work and like have people. You know, I had a conversation with you know a coworker who was just like, 
Did you see he watches some TV show that James Spader's in that I never saw? The Blacklist. The Blacklist. Uh, he said basically he was he's like they he's like you don't see Spader but you see the uh, like his body language. He's like there's this weird head tilt thing he does and he's like and it looks like they put that in Ultra and I'm like oh they probably motion captured it. And then I realized I'm having a nerd conversation with a quote unquote normal person, you know, no normal co coworker. <laughs> There's a football player at work and uh he was like he overheard me talking about the podcast. He's like, What kind of stuff? And I'm like, nerd stuff and he's like, I'm a four time science <laughs> science fair champion. And I'm like, Oh, all right, well wow. <laughs> so it's there's nerds coming out of the closet and there's new nerds being made all the time and they don't even know it. Don't even know it. And they come into work and they go, did you watch Walking Dead last night? And it's great. And then we have a mini podcast at work and I'm the only one who knows it. Well, now it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show. Everybody's. Get Chris to read a goddamn superhero comic. Comic. Everybody's. As well they should. Everybody loves this segment, or I will make you disappear too. <laughs> I am Chris, and, go away. <laughs> and this time on Get Chris to Read a Goddamn Superhero Comic, I am reading Dick Dragon Kung Fu Fighter number fourteen. The man who studied with Bruce Lee. I think it was his college roommate. This is obviously not chapter one in this story because some guy named Ben Turner is in the hospital dying of unknown ninja poison while his nephew says, please don't die, Uncle Ben. But his only hope is Dick Dragon Kung Fu Fighter who is now currently in Mongolia, tracking down the poisoner with Shiva, a hot and violent kung fu lady. But it looks like Dick ac accidentally blew up the helicopter with the poisoner in it, so they have to now they have to go to China to see Oh Sensei, Dick's kung fu trainer who can identify the poison. But then, the evil stereotype Dr. Moon, Dr. Moon Ling has captured O-Sensei and is trying to torture him to find out his super kung fu secrets. Dick and Shiva parachute into O-Sensei's house but are met with Dr. Moon's moon goons. There is a kung fu fight, and Dick Dragon, kung fu fighter, kicks everyone's ass, but then Shiva gets shot, but she's okay. You go on, Dick Dragon. Dr. Moon decides to send his master fighter, the man who studied with Bruce Lee, or from now on, TMWSWBL, to whoop Dick Dragon, kung fu fighter. TMWSWBL looks just like Bruce Lee, but he has a greasy mustache. Dr. Moon brings out 
Sensei to watch, but the two fighters are so evenly matched, so they just fight for 14 hours until TMWSWBL just walks off. Screw you guys, I am going home. Oh, Sensei makes Dr. Moon go sleepy time, and they take Oh, Sensei back to save Ben Turner. And he does, and then he disappears, like all ninja masters do. But who attacked Ben Turner in the first place? Apparently some WWF guy with blue hair and an axe blade at the end of a rope. The end. <laughs> and there you have Richard Dragon from Foo Fighter number 14. <laughs> you made this much more fun than this piece of shit. <laughs> deserves to be by oh, any rights no, whatsoever. Come on. No, no. This Guys. is this is a case where 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 a character appears originally, and then other creators take, you know, pick the, him or her up later and do much better things. Because I've never read any Richard Dragon Kung Fu Fighter, and now I'm not sure I ever want to read any more. <laughs> Are you guys not kung fu enthusiasts? No, I love martial arts movies. I like them to be good. This has fights in it. Yeah, drawn by Ernie Chan. You guys like comics. This has art in it. (laughs) It has offensive art in it. Oh my god. They have big so what if they have big teeth? Is is that the Doctor Moon that would eventually like rob Catwoman of her memory of Batman's identity? Like in I the... think he robs it with the magnetic power of his teeth. <laughs> well, that, that works. Too. No, it's uh, it's interesting to see, uh, like where these characters came from. Like Shiva, you know, right, became yeah. huge at one point, and. Again, you know, sometimes with with the anthropology of these things, like like I like reading Kirby Jack uh, Jack Kirby Jimmy Olsen stuff, just to see like where the stuff that I read about when I got into Superman came from, and it's kind of interesting. Here it's just like really, so that's that really happened, didn't it? Well, okay then. I, this was a piece of crap. I'm sorry. I, I would much rather read about. Bronze Tiger as a member of Suicide Squad uh, than here. Well, I picked this up at a garage oh, is sale. Is that him? Is uh, that remember Bronze in Tiger? Legends? Think to Legends, drawn by John Byrne, Richard yeah. Dragons was part of that group. Oh, I do not remember that at all. So he's the Bronze Tiger? Yeah. No, ben Bronze Turner Tiger's is a black guy, Tiger. isn't he? Yes, he is. Ben Turner's a black guy. In oh, this okay. Comic. All right, I got, I got you. Okay, I'm confused on who you're talking. Okay, so the guy that lays dying is okay. I got you. Yeah, no, I like that character. I like Bronze Tiger. I didn't realize that that was him. Well, you wouldn't have him if it wasn't for this comic because this is where his life was saved <laughs> by Dick Dragon, Kung Fu Fighter. I I picked this up at a garage sale and it's so beat to shit. That I just saw it, and I and I flipped through the interior art, and I assumed it was like a Charlton comic. That's sort of how bad the art is. Yeah, it is not good. But you guys probably did not track this down as a hard copy, which would have been hilarious if you'd tried to do that. It would have been a story all unto itself. 
but um, I don't know if your CBRs have the ads in it, but no. it, it's got the diecast dinky Starfleet ad in it <laughs> with the with the diecast Enterprise with the where the shuttlecraft came out of the bottom of it, like a hatch opened up in the bottom. It's got some Space 1999 ships in it too, and that's about the high point of the comic. No, actually. I, I would disagree. I think the cover by Rich Buckler is pretty freaking. It's cool. a pretty, it's a pretty nice and cover. If, and if he had done the interior, I would have enjoyed it a lot more. Yep, I would. I just, I know that. I would have question. I would have questioned a lot less. Like, okay, so now we have to go to China. So all of a sudden, they're in a jet plane parachuting out. Is this just something they have at their disposal at any time? Well, that jet looks like a one-seater too. So you're like, right. They, they're just hanging on to we'll the back of it. Cling on to the. We'll cling on to the wings while uh, till you fly us over Osenses. Well, let, well, let me ask you guys a question. Did you ever see a movie called No Retreat, No Surrender? <laughs> no. Okay, so it's a mid-80s martial arts film, right? Uh, and it's pretty much a hunk of ass. Uh, it, it's one of Van Damme's first movies. Oh, uh, and he's not the main guy; he's the bad guy. But it's about this kid that moves to Seattle and is studying martial arts, and kind of runs afoul of some of the assholes that are into martial arts in in, in his area. So he starts getting trained by, get this, Bruce Lee's ghost. Oh, good. <laughs> so you have this kind of chunky Asian guy playing the ghost of Bruce Lee, and that's all I could think about when the guy kept saying, I was trained by Bruce Lee. James Colburn was trained by Bruce Lee, you asshole. <laughs> yeah, Bruce Lee trained a lot of people. <laughs> so, does that mean I'm going to be afraid every time James Colburn walks into the room? Well, well, why does it, and, and why does the guy have to look like Bruce Lee, too. He he just sort of they he sort of looks like Bruce Lee, and then they just put a little like almost like an added just like oh just put a little mustache on him. There now he's different. He's the man who studied with Bruce Lee. But I think this I, book was written for like seven year olds. <laughs> well, to be fair, this you know martial arts you know you because because at first when you guys were talking about this, I thought it was going to be an issue. Of the deadly hands of kung fu, from right? Marvel. Which and is it was a totally different. That's like Gene Day and shit like that. And Paul Mike Gullacy. Zach. Yeah, Mike Zach. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a whole different. This comic, I put this comic in the category. I call these treehouse comics. These are the kind. These are the comics, like the the older kids in the neighborhood would have a treehouse. And they would have five or six comics stashed away up there, and they would all be stuff like this, you know? Something like an older brother going like, I don't know, I like Kung Fu, you know? I'll grab this Kung Fu comic. And so, and war comics and stuff I always look at as treehouse comics. They were they were just sort of like, you know, they were, they, they were mostly, I think, bought by not guys who were like, oh, I like comic books. They were like, ooh, you know, I like... World War Two, <laughs> yeah, cashing in on a fad or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, and these guys are like, I like kung fu movies, so I'll get the kung fu comic and like, yeah, and then they, then they read it and 
threw it up in there and then they forgot all about it when they started hiding the playboy dad's playboys up there <laughs> now now what i will say is this i am glad that the 70s were a time where a book like this could exist because at least they were experimenting with different genres yeah for pretty much one of the last times that they're going to do that on a grand scale yeah i mean you have like other genre books right now i mean the walking dead's a perfect example of that but you look at Marvel, you look at DC, the bulk of their production is superheroes. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, because I love me some superheroes. But at least it was a time period where you could try something like this. Doesn't mean it has to be good. Doesn't mean you have yeah, to they, like it. They didn't try, try to too hard, <laughs> but <Yeah>. they tried. <laughs> but I like the fact that it exists, if that makes any sense. Yes. Oh, that's why I like comics. I like this comic as an artifact of just sort of what it is even you know even as an artifact of crap art of crap <laughs> or whatever and 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 this is this is definitely that this is just bad art but i love at the end it's just like next we'll learn who it is and then you see this guy with the axe head on the end of the rope and it's like oh well why do you tease something <laughs> And then show it right in the teaser. This also has a great ad for... Remember, um, I think Scott used to have the Superman, one of these. They were little flashlights with a with a squeezy thing in the front of it that you would squeeze to make the flashlight like... Hmm. Ring a bell? No? No. No. I don't know I got what nothing. The hell you're talking about. Huh. <laughs> well, never mind then. Sorry. It's kind of a downer way to the end of the episode. <laughs> I, I'm flipping through Mike's Amazing World because I, I know that I just picked up an issue of uh, of Richard Dragon Kung Fu Fighter <laughs> pretty much for the same reason, just because it looked like big, dumb fun. I got number uh, I got number 12, I think, is Ooh. the one that I got. It says it's written by David Anthony Kraft. And, oh, God. Uh, yeah. Penciled by, again, Rick Estrada does the pencils on that, and Jack Abel as the inker. So I'm not holding up hope that that'll be any better than the rest. But, you know, looking over the uh, just the covers for this series, the covers are generally really good. So, yeah, but it only ran 18 issues, so. Makes sense. <laughs> Man, so this, 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 this was, was a specimen. This, this was about the circling the drain issue then. <laughs> Everybody was kung fu fighting. Those kids were fast as lightning. In fact, it was a little bit frightening. But they fought with. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. 
If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, Two True Freaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the Two True Freaks at the same time. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and a number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. And this is your Uncle Don saying good night. Good night, little kids. Good night. We're off. Good. Well, that ought to hold the little bastards. So, all right. Well, let me uh, let me bring this segment in properly. <clears throat> I uh, before we do that, though, I do appreciate it not turning into a thing. I I, I didn't think it was going to, but. Um. I, I felt a little weird about saying that I was really looking forward to it, but then I was like, you know what, Scott and I are There's friends. no shit stirs here. This yeah, is I mean, that's the thing. There's somebody here Facebook, who wants to so... eat popcorn and watch us fight about it, <laughs> so it's not gonna get, it doesn't get started, you know? And I, and then I actually got more worried about Chris giving me crap about Zack Snyder. Than, yeah, than you should worry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking the high road, man. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) That needs to stay in. That totally needs to stay in.